Welcome to our podcast, Deconstruct. My name is Lauren. And I'm Adam. On this podcast, we want to help start or continue conversations about the beautiful and messy parts of life. Although we both had a conservative upbringing, we've since grown out of a lot of our traditional ways of thinking. We're learning to deconstruct the religious lenses we once saw the world through, breaking down topics like purity culture, racism, and the patriarchy, while demystifying things like feminism, equality, and love. Stepping away from our evangelical church background, all the while leaning into God and moving forward in our faith. We'd love to hear your story. You can find us on Instagram at deconstruct.pod. Now, on to the episode. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Blair on, aka Talk Purity to Me. She is a fellow ex evangelical purity culture survivor. She's committed to unlearning the shame that purity culture taught us. So, between her words of wisdom, her hilarious memes, and on point TikTok, Blair provides humor and healing to thousands of us who are ready to say goodbye to shame. Blair, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I was like really, really pumped when you asked me. Of course, we want you on, and you know, like I said in the in your little bio, like you you are bringing healing through humor, and you're bringing healing through just your vulnerability. Um, you even shared a very vulnerable post today um, that I know is going to impact a lot of people. It's going to really connect with. Um, lots, thousands, and, and, and it connected to, to me. So, um, yeah, I, I love the work that you do, and I'm glad that you you said yes to being on the podcast. <laughs> I'm so excited. So uh, I know a little bit about your background. I know a little bit of your story. Um, but for those of you who, for the people who don't really know of your account, first of all, they should. Again, it's Talk Purity <laughs> to Me, and it's on it's on Instagram and TikTok. But um, mm-hmm. can you tell us like why Talk Purity to me is the username you chose? Why um, purity is basically the thing that you that that purity culture, not necessarily purity, but purity culture and um, those messages. Why it is that that is so your your speaking point, your pivotal um, platform that you like to unpack? Why is that so important to you? Yeah. Um, so. The way that my account kind of came about was I started realizing in my relationship um, with my boyfriend that, you know, the the things that I was taught about sex and relationships, dating, marriage, all these things, it definitely was um, having an impact on my relationship. And I just started, you know, trying to find others who might be talking about it, about their experiences. And I realized I I really wasn't finding a lot. And I put a little question box on my own personal Instagram page, you know, just asking my friends um, how purity culture had affected them in their adult lives. And the responses I got were just so overwhelming. I just had, you know, dozens and dozens of messages from, from people just like, you know, telling me all about their experience and how much it had hurt them and, you know, experiences of assault that were covered up by their churches and like just all kinds of things that like, 
it just, I, I was so honored to like receive these stories and to, you know, be someone that they would share with, but also just so hurting for, for them and, you know, for myself too, because I saw a lot of my own experiences like yeah. in what they were sharing. Yeah. And I just started looking around and saying like, okay, you know, this is obviously a problem. What do we do about it? Like, I'm just such an advocate personality. I just was like, okay, I got to do something. About yeah. this. I, I know about this now. And like, I can't walk away from it. And yeah. so that's how my account was born. And I was just like trying to figure out what to call it. And Talk Purity to me just literally popped in my head. And I was like, that's it. <laughs> it's perfect. It's so cheeky. <laughs> so did you have anybody like you for you when you were going through that process? No, not at all. Like, I, I definitely didn't have, I, I pretty much was going through it alone. Like, I, I know there's a lot of like deconstruction accounts now and, you know, communities for evangelicals and stuff like that. But um, I never called the process of leaving my faith deconstruction mm -hmm. until I started my account because it was just like, mm -hmm. I'm going through some shit. Like, I don't know what's going on, but like I am struggling and yeah. there was no community around it when I was going through it. Yeah. And so I, I went to the very bottom of the talk purity to me, Instagram page. And I think it was, um, 2019 that you posted the first post. Mm -hmm. is, is that around, around the time that you were going through your own stuff or had it been some time for you just going through things silently before you started the account? Oh, yeah, I had been going through it for years prior to that. So like, got it. Probably for like, five, at least five years. Yeah. Prior, prior to really naming what I was going through and really realizing like I wasn't alone. Right. And it really wasn't on you to even know the name because th I feel like so much of the verbiage is is new, like deconstructing mm -hmm. and that whole exvangelical, like you were saying, like that, that didn't even exist even just a few years ago. Right. So yeah, that's, exactly. that's crazy. So did you have anyone not just like on like, uh, online, but was there anyone in your life that you were able to talk to and go through this with, or was this just totally a solo journey for you? In the more recent years, in the past few years, I, I did have some friends that, um, we just all kind of started to realize like, oh, we grew up in similar ways and we also don't believe in those things we grew up, you know, believing anymore. Like I have some friends who, you know, they went to Bethel and they live here now, you know, like yeah. we, you know, we had similar like backgrounds, but we're, you know, moving into adulthood now and everything like, I mean, we're, we are adults, but you know, moving into like yeah. older adulthood, <laughs> marriage, kids, stuff like that. And like, you know, we've kind of realized we're on the same page with like our spirituality or lack thereof, whatever you want to say. Yeah. yeah. You would, you had mentioned that when you kind of started going through some of this self-discovery that you had a partner at the time was, was your partner a part of the process or how, how does that go? Because I know relationships can be so challenging through yeah. all of that. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. 
Download the new Bumble now. Yeah, um, it, you know, not really. I, I didn't really know how to even express what I was struggling with. So there was obviously no way that I could like include him in that because I didn't even really know like why I was struggling so much with certain parts of the relationship. Hmm. Um, it took a lot of like me figuring it out on my own a little bit and then being able to express, okay, like, this is how I grew up. This is what I was taught. This is why this is such a struggle for me. Like it, I really had to like sort of sort it out on my own a little bit because like I said, I really had no words for like why I was having such a hard time in relationships um, and why I had so much like fear and anxiety about sex and all kinds of things like that. Yeah. So and I, I have been going through and, you know, enjoying your, your accounts and your videos and your posts. And I was curious and I was writing a couple things down and I was going to ask, you know, if you, since purity culture was kind of how, what led you to, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of led you to a quote unquote deconstructed, you know, journey of your own. Um, and it did for me as well. I was going to get into, you know, how you, um, how you identify religiously or spiritually or not now. But then of course, you know, I saw a couple of videos. You're like, well, I, you know, even though I'm not a Christian, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, so she doesn't identify as a Christian. But then today you made a post that was super vulnerable. Um, would you mind if we, we kind of got into that post today? Yeah, of course. So I, I super related to it. You know, you were basically explaining um, how it is that you can leave, choose to leave your faith. And that doesn't mean that other people need to. That was kind of the end of it. You know, those that you were tying up your post at the end. You're like, this isn't to shame anyone else who has who still relates and it benefits um, from the from religion or from Christianity. But it's best for me that I walk away or that it's best when I walked away. Um, and I, you know, I've, I've done similar things. I've, I've done similar posts like that where originally it was like, Hey, consider me unchristian. <laughs> Please like <laughs> take me off the list of like the people that you need to keep on the straight and narrow. And then later on, um, more recently I said, you know what? I, I just don't, I don't identify with Christianity. Um, I don't think it's something that I, for me, my one of my main reasons was I just don't want to have to um, explain myself when somebody asks, like, hey, are you Christian? I don't have to be like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but, you know, I love everybody and I don't believe this and I do believe that. And it just for me, it was just easier to not have to, you know, introduce myself with a list of defense um, and a list of reasons why I wasn't like other Christians. Um, mm-hmm. So I definitely related to your post in that way. And then there's so many other things that you said. Um, I'm just going to read out a bit of uh, what you said, and then we'll just get into it. Uh, yeah. I said, okay. So you said, it's so painful to think about how so many of my mental health issues were celebrated and encouraged by those around me. And that really hit home um, because I was in CCM, you know, Adam and I were both in CCM and Mm -hmm. as an artist, you know, I, it it got to the point where I was sharing openly at different parts in my life on, on stage and in interviews about how I I was dealing with anxiety and 
a manager had overheard me getting into it and, and um, sharing some more like darker, vulnerable places or you know situations and mental things I was going through. And anyway, that being said, I didn't always, it wasn't always struggling with that, but I was told by my manager that I had to always talk about that, that that like I had to, anxiety had to be like my thing, quote unquote. And even mm-hmm. whenever I wasn't going through something and, or I was in a better place and I, I didn't feel comfortable talking about, you know, I didn't want to fake a mental health issue when I wasn't going through that anymore. And so like feeling like I couldn't be okay anymore and that I had to struggle and I had to go through those horrible mental health issues in order to have a platform that was in and of itself a, it was like a trap. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like your relationship with purity culture and like feeling bad about yourself was that something that you, it almost was like a trophy for you in Christianity? Yeah, I think that the way that it kind of manifested in my life was I had a lot of um, anxiety like you and also like some obsessive tendencies around like the avoidance of sin and like even verging and I don't know if you're familiar with um, what scrupulosity is Um, but it's like um, a term mainly it's like it is kind of a an extreme version of like thinking that God is involved in like every single little part of your life and that you have to like basically worry about like even the most mundane things and like avoiding sin and like you know, what shirt am I going to wear today? Or like, Mm. just like the most mundane things, like you become obsessed with Mm. wanting to please God so much that you can't like function outside of like considering every, every single little decision you make. And it's something that shows up a lot in people who um, come from religious backgrounds. And I was never diagnosed with it, but when I started learning about it and started reading about it and stuff like that, people who experienced it, I was like, Oh yeah, that sounds familiar. Like, yeah, I, that sounds a lot like my, you know, teens and twenties, uh, going through things like that. So yeah, it was definitely, you know, it was definitely something I was struggling with, but like all the adults around me, um, in my church, um, kind of saw it as like me being like super devoted to God and like talked about it a lot. And like, then I started thinking like, oh, I guess this is a good thing. Like, even though it was killing me, yeah, it was like really, really, you know, I was struggling with like suicidal thoughts and, you know, just like it, it really was hurting me very deeply. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. That's like, I, I, I feel like I experienced some of that when I would do something I knew was wrong you know, afterwards it was like my, my penance. It's what I would do to like prove myself. So I would just like be very like, like you, you actually gave the example that that was the thing that came to my mind actually was like, God, what shirt should I wear today? And then like, kind of like every decision you make and like it, it almost becoming uh, an obsessive, um, just, 
yeah, like nothing can be done without like prayer or like consideration of what is holy and what is going to bring God the most um, glory, I guess. Well, I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. it's it's like praising an extremely abusive, unhealthy relationship and and turning God or whatever, you know, at, at least in evangelical Christianity, blame or turning God into this obsessive controlling partner that you needed to check in with on on every earthly level and that's that can i'm i'm sure as you said in uh today on your post that that's triggering to be asked to join back into such an abusive relationship yeah that's why it's so hard for me and like i made another post i don't i can't quite remember when but just talking about you know how it you know people always say like oh like the church is you know full of imperfect people but god is like loving and god is Mm, you know oh you know he's wonderful and he's perfect in this and that and it's like that is not my experience of Mm. what i thought god was i don't see it that way like the image i i was given of god was someone not not perfect and not loving but like you said very controlling and abusive and who you know I can't I can't see God that way that's I'm just I'm I don't think I'm ever going to be able to see it that way and that's why like when people tell me that I'm like I just don't understand how you how you see it that way like it's fine if you do but just like don't ask me to see it that way because I I would I just can't I can't get there yeah yeah and it can feel very gaslighting when people mm-hmm. say almost like force you to find a positive. Um, yeah, because even for I posted recently about um, I talked about how s- <laughs> Satan was like almost closer to me than God was in a sense, because I felt I was told, you know, whether it was youth group or whether it was church or whether it was just other whoever. There's lots of different um, people and, and communities that spoke in my life. But um I, taught me that the devil was waiting for me to make a mistake or was like ready to whisper in my ear in any moment or ready to like ready to pounce essentially. And yet at the same time, I was also being taught that, you know, God was so far away and that I would do things to hurt his heart and he would turn his back on me and not listen to my prayers, whatever. So I was being open and very vulnerable about that. And, you know, even my own like mother, she came on to my post and she commented how she's like, well, I only ever said that like God was, you know, God loves you very much. He's closer than your next breath, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, even that it is, it's gaslighting because it's, it's essentially, yeah, it's trying to take your vulnerability and, and say, well, shouldn't you like feel this way? And, and, and almost like forcing you to have a different past experience, which is impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, you know, I never would have chosen to have so much like anxiety and fear. And like, I never would have chosen to like, still be almost 30 years old and like, be afraid of hell, even though I don't believe that's real anymore. Like, I never yeah. would have chosen, chosen all of this. Like, it, you know, I was a child. And right. I, was had these four these ideas forced onto me like this is not what I would have chosen for myself yeah um yeah 
Yeah, I mean, totally. And, and you even you mentioned that inside it. I have again your quotes. You said inside I was hurting deeply and counting it as holiness. And again, that's just like that, like drinking your own poison a little bit. And I I felt that I um I almost married. So Adam and I are married. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> we have different yeah, last names, I, but we are married. <laughs> no, I love that. Um and I but I almost married someone else. I had another boyfriend. He became fiance. I was gonna marry him. Um and you know one of the things that I I counted as holiness, even though I was hurting very deeply inside was, you know, our relationship wasn't great. We fought all the time. You know, I was told that marriage was super hard. And it's and it's like I I, I was told that it's yeah, dying to self all the time. And um Well and even grander so, than that, it was always martyrdom is closest to holiness. Yeah. And so I was like <laughs> so then yeah, I was like, well then I'm being really holy by suffering. Like I'm being really good by like letting God somehow have the glory that I'm like still somehow alive and serve and 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 surviving, even though I'm in pain and misery and you know, we're, we're not good together and all these things. I'm like, well, to God be the glory, <laughs> which is, is traumatizing. And eventually, of course, like as the story pans out, I ended up calling off that wedding and realizing that that wasn't true, that my, my pain didn't bring God glory, that, that that idea is not true and that God wanted my happiness and he wanted my life to be full of joy and fulfillment and I mean that was a whole life switch but up till that point it was always martyrdom as closest to holiness it's always you know the let me be in pain so that somehow God can can be glorified yeah it's I mean it's such a harmful thing to teach again I just I get really upset sometimes thinking about how you know I really do believe that there's a point of religious teaching. Um, even some of the most thing, the things that seem the most benign to others, some people, you know, can really be considered abusive, in my opinion. You know, teaching children that there's a, a possibility that, you know, they could go to hell or people they love could go to hell and they'd be separated from them forever is like, really abusive like I just I don't know and just like teaching them that like suffering is good and like somehow there's going to be some reward for it like just these ideas are like so abusive in my opinion and I'm like you know I have friends that are like yeah I don't believe this anymore but like I think you know religion made me a good person and like I want to pass that on to my kids I'm like I don't if I have kids, I don't ever want them to hear yeah. about he- hell other than like a make-believe story. Like, No, for sure. I was just talking to a friend the other day and talking about just the idea that like, I think, I think hell only exists because we manifest it, because we create mm-hmm. hell on earth for ourselves through martyrdom in that kind of way, like allowing and almost obligating ourselves to live into hell here. And, and, and that if we can just, if we can just move past the ideology that, that we need to suffer in our current consciousness, because in this eternal post-consciousness, we'll reap rewards better than the rewards of somebody that enjoyed their life here. And, 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 and using that to dismiss pain and, and force people to move past hurts, uh, 
by by attributing it to the goodness of God and the will of God and holiness. And, and I think that can be damaging even more um, than, I mean, really much else that, that Christianity had taught me. Hey everyone. Want to take a quick moment to say thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please share this episode and rate and review the podcast as it helps others find this online community. Thanks so much. Now back to the episode. Yeah, I, um, I mean, it just really, it's really one of those things that I just can't understand why we're all okay with it. Like, how did we all get to the point where it's like, we want to worship a being that makes, you know, sends people to the earth, supposedly, knowing that he's going to send them to hell. and just keeps doing that. <laughs> right. Right. Like this God that supposedly is love is also this creature that is just creating things for the sake of eternal damnation. How do you ju- like how do you justify that from something that is supposed <laughs> to be love? Right. <laughs> and like one of the things that really is weird to me is like you know when when talk about the the realm of deconstruction and you know all the different tenets of christianity that people can you know sort of re-examine and reevaluate and everything issues of like lgbtq affirming and like um sexuality and different you know sex in general there's a lot of pushback on issues like that um in my opinion more so than like other things that you know people deconstruct and question right and it's it's like i hear a lot of times like oh you know purity is not harmful i grew up in purity culture and i turned out fine and like yeah it's hard but you know you just have to be strong and stuff like that i'm like you know you just do you just want like you just people and i'm like do y'all just want people to go through the same suffering you did mm. because you for us to suffer like did you like did you really think you turned out fine if you just want like everyone else to go through the same shit that you went through like I don't think you turned out fine if that's how you feel like I don't know yeah yeah I agree I and and when you were saying how like the the LGBTQ affirming was like is somehow like one of the things that gets people so like riled up because essentially people think that it's like a black and white issue, um, which it, in a way it, it is, it is because you should be affirming that's a, that is black and white. Um, but whenever you, you, know, you mentioned in your post, you said you were losing friendships with people who would never accept the healthy version of you. Um, and that's, that's honestly one of the hardest parts about leaving the faith for you. And that uh, those people, those friendships, they they'd gladly accept the broken version of you back before loving you as you are now and um i think that's something that a lot of people in who are questioning their faith who are deconstructing their faith that they're um even just like i don't know just asking questions can feel like that's the that's what hurts the most is that people that you thought loved and supported you and loved you no matter what you know using those words like an unconditional love 
really was more conditional and it was based off of, you know, your pain or it was based off of like you staying in this broken place or, um, that's really hard. And for me, whenever I came out as an ally, I mean, I was just affirming the LGBTQ community. That was one of the first things that I did as, um, cause I was as a Christian artist. And when I came out with that, that was kind of like a line in the sand for so many people. And then they, they cut me off and they, decided that they never they didn't want to be my friend anymore and that they were sorry they ever supported me and you know my my music or with my career um that happened for me but then also whenever I started uh accepting my my body and not seeing it as not evil um that is when I lost friends as well and it's just it's it's hard to on it's hard to grapple with it's hard to like deal with losing your own identity as like, you know, a Christian or whatever it is that you grew up with. But then it's like a whole nother level to feel like those people who you thought like really believed and loved and, and loved you now say they can't relate to you anymore and they can't have any sort of relationship with you anymore and they've cut you off. And I feel like a lot of people who have deconstructed or are deconstructing, that's, that's the most painful part. Yeah, for me, it's like, you know, I am, I am only a healthier version of myself. Like the the things that I've gone through and the things that I've, you know, had to process and heal from have only made me better and healthier and like in a, in a place where I could, you know, give more love to myself and to others. And to have that not be accepted is so hard. Like, it's so hard to think, like, I'm actually, I am so much happier. And, like, you know that, like, there's certain people who would never accept that and never, like, love you at your happiest. They only want to love you, like, at your broken, like, in your brokenness that you you know, that's when they knew you and stuff like that. It's just, it's really been hard to process that. For me specifically, it's like my best friend that I, you know, grew up with and stuff. And he was a big part of my like um, religious um, teen years and in my early twenties. And like, we don't talk anymore. And that's like a friendship that I really mourn the loss of because I know that like she would never accept that I am a happier, healthier person now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, you went on to say that, like, it kind of goes back to whenever we're talking about how you didn't want to shame others who are still benefiting from religion or from specifically from Christianity. Um, We, we talk about how, uh, here on the podcast, how we're we're really trying to be careful, um, and uh, I try to be aware of this. And I think the deconstructing community really needs to be aware of this. That 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 almost like deconstructed Christian isn't another denomination, isn't another group yeah. of people that like people are scared of, and people feel like they need to follow us like an exact path of deconstruction. Because um, that's that that would literally be another religion. That's you follow my way, the way I did it was best, blah, 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 blah. That's 
that's dogma. That's theology. <laughs> that's like, mm-hmm. it gets into that point. And, um, so at the end of your post, when you said, I'm, I'm not trying to shame anyone who still identifies with that, whatever. Um, I find that there are times that I have to remind myself that like, I don't need to be scared of deconstructed Christians as well. Um, because there, there's like a, somehow a part of, uh, a part of me that feels like some people believe that at the end of this deconstruction season of life, that some people think that being an atheist or agnostic is like the end goal. And some people be, are, uh, they believe that the, the end goal would be, no, I'm just going to pick and choose what worked for me in Christianity and, 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 and I'll have that, whatever aligns with me from my past religion to have that, um, I don't know, almost like that is like the, a new it's religion. Like reconciled yeah. Reconciled is redeemed. It's, right. And, and yeah. I, I feel like there needs to be, there certainly needs to be both and all of these <laughs> ends or, or paths to be accepted. Um, and so I guess, I mean, why is it so hard for people to understand that sometimes religion though, like for some people is not redeemable. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. religion is what needs to be left what, behind and, and that's what you kind of were alluding to. Yeah. I, you know, I've had experiences with that too. It's like, you know, even when you like leave your religion, you know, the Christians, even the progressive Christians, the deconstructed Christians, however you want to call it, like they want to know if you're still a Christian and the atheists want to know yep. if you're, if you're an atheist, yep. like, and, like, I've been in, like, certain deconstructing, like, Facebook groups. And, like, one time this guy explicitly said, like, the, the point of deconstruction is to reconstruct back into Christianity. And I was like, <laughs> I, I fundamentally do not believe that. I will never, I will never go back to Christianity. I cannot do that. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine if you want to do that, but like that's not the point of deconstruction, actually. Like, right? Why are you saying that? Like, why, why, why are you being so dogmatic about this? Like, like, I don't know how people get to that conclusion, but yeah, it's like both sides. If you want to call, you know, Christian versus atheist, like both sides want to know where you stand. I'm like, <laughs> I don't call myself a Christian, but I, I also don't call myself an atheist. So I never have. And I don't think it's really a term I'm comfortable with. Yeah. The agnostics are just sitting in the middle. Like, yeah, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Like yeah. I'm, I'm just some th- sort of theist. I believe in in something, and I don't know what. Be like, actually, I don't really want to belong to a club. That's the whole point. Yes, exactly. Like I don't really, I I don't think that there's a God out there. You know, the version of God I was presented, even if He is out there, I have anything to do with Him. Right. Yeah. Um. You know, the God that I was taught as a kid is a monster and like I am way more moral than that god and I don't want to have anything to do with that god like yeah. so I don't know. yeah I get it that's I I mean that's honestly I say the same thing I say if that's if that god exists no thanks like mm-hmm. I'm I I really I'm good like I don't I don't need to learn about it I don't need to know about it I don't need to have a relationship with it I'm good if that's what suits you like sure but like 
I'm even if it does exist. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm exactly. Like, I'm okay. So what would you say to someone who who is more like you or or like me in this in this sense? Like who wants to who does want to leave it behind? Um, but they might be scared or worried what other Christians or even deconstructed Christians, progressive Christians, whatever, um, what they would think. What would you say to someone who just who just wants to leave it behind? I would say that you actually don't have to tell anyone mm. what what you think or believe anymore. Like you don't owe anyone an explanation. If there's people in your life who aren't safe to share it with, just don't. Just don't share it and don't feel pressured to. Like don't feel pressured to label yourself or out yourself as a non-Christian anymore. Like there's really no reason for you to like put yourself through that. It there's it it's not necessary. And if it's gonna cause you more stress and anxiety, just don't do it. Just find your safe people. Um, whoever that is, like maybe you do have someone in your family who's safe or friends or like, you know, if you don't have anyone in your actual life yet, you know, there's online community that maybe, you you know, there's different avenues like, but yeah, don't absolutely don't feel pressured by anyone at any point to like make a Facebook post or an Instagram post and be like, I'm not a Christian anymore. Like that's not necessary. And like, it may not be safe for you to do that. Like just, just go at your own pace. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad that that's how you went about that because I completely agree, but I don't think people would trust me if I said that because I'm the, <laughs> I'm the cuz I'm the one posting all the time, right? Like they'd be like, "Yeah, sure, Lauren, like you can say that, but like whenever you walk the walk, then I'll listen to you." But I'm so glad you said that because I I agree wholeheartedly. Like it it there is no responsibility to tell anyone. There's no like you have no obligation. I think you just said it all so very well. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I think that about wraps up um, our time, but I I want people to be able to find you. So, okay, just give your give your shout out. Give a give a little <laughs> shout out to your usernames and where people can find you. Yeah, I am um, talk purity to me on Instagram and TikTok. Woo-hoo. I have a TikTok account, so same username on both <laughs> platforms, so you can find me at both of those. Perfect. We love it. I mean, her memes and her TikToks and her <laughs> duets with people and calling people <laughs> out. It's it's we're here for it. We're here for the sass and we're here for the truth. So uh, we really appreciate it, and we really appreciate you being on the podcast today. Yes. Thanks so much for having me. This was so awesome. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening. Until next time. Bye. Bye.